RadioInfluence.com. thing that I never thought in a million years would happen. happen. The champion, the challenger, here we go! This is the MMA Report with Jason Floyd on Radio Influence. It's time for another edition of the MMA Report podcast, and this is the interview edition of the show, as I have got four fighter interviews here on this episode. You're going to hear... From John Dotson, who is coming off a 40-second victory in his bare-knuckle fighting championship debut. Spoke to John about that victory, also about what may be next for him, whether or not the door to MMA is closed or not. Little teaser. A door is not close to returning to mixed martial arts. Then you're going to hear the conversation I have with Georgie Karahanian, who is going to be returning to the Bellator cage here later on this month. Bellator 285 spoke to Georgie about his upcoming matchup. Also talked about some of the, the benefits of the carnivore diet, as this has been a diet that he has now been on for some time. And also talked about Usman Nurmagomedov getting a title shot there in the Bellator lightweight division. Then you're going to hear from one of the men going to be fighting for the vacant flyweight title at CES MMA 70 come up here on Friday. And that is Mitch Raposo, who is going to be taking on Israel Galvan had a chance to uh, catch up with Mitch, talk to what's been going on with him. Uh, Mitch, uh, unfortunately had to pull out a fight earlier on this year due to injury. That does come up in this conversation. Also, he talks about, uh, yeah, the trash talking that his opponent has been doing leading up to this one. And then the final interview, it'll be with another fighter who's going to be a part of that CES card come up here later on this week. And that is Ali Zabian, who is going to have a rematch against Sam Watford. These two guys actually met last year in a one-night tournament, which was only a one-round fight where Ali got a split decision victory here so uh spoke to him about uh that uh that one night tournament which he did win which uh he claimed the premier fc lightweight title but also uh, a wide-ranging topic uh conversation that i had with ali so all those interviews come here on this edition of the podcast of course as always appreciate you taking time out of your day to download and listen to this episode of the podcast i will tell you i'm actually recording this here on saturday evening as i've uh, been sitting here in the office uh putting together all of these interviews and uh, watching a little college football love, love this weekend of the year of course uh, my nose don't play till uh, here on sunday so uh, i'm actually going to be um, taking my nieces and nephews over to Universal Studios on Sunday and uh, you know spend the day at the theme park with them. So that should be an absolute fun time. Of course, earlier on here on Saturday, it was UFC Paris. And of course, uh, Surreal Gone goes out there and gets a stoppage victory against Tatu Avasa. I wouldn't, you know, obviously not really a, a surprising result. It's a result that I think we all kind of expected was going to happen. Tatu Avasa definitely had his moments in that fight, nearly getting the stoppage there. In the second round, but overall it was a fun fight to watch. I me, mean, Tatu Avasa, man, you know, I, I think one of the question marks I, I had on Tatu Avasa 
heading into this one was kind of like, you know, where does he stack up at the top of this UFC heavyweight division? And he showed he's right up there. The toughness that he shows real gone, I thought did a beautiful job keeping this fight range. And you saw those body kicks, which is something I talked about uh, on the last episode of the podcast. I thought that would be a little bit uh, of a key for surreal gone. And uh, man, Todd, who also showed his toughness. Also, you talk about showing his toughness, man, Marvatory in the co-made event. I mean, obviously it was uh, a one-sided, you know, pre- I thought it was pretty one-sided for Robert Whitaker, uh, especially in that second and third round. First round was a close round, but man, uh, some of those shots that Marvatory took in the second and third round, I feel like would have dropped a lot of guys there. Uh, Robert Whitaker to look great there. I, you know, who knows what happens with Robert Whitaker next? You know, we're going to obviously see what happens with Izzy and Alex in that title fight there in March. I mean, you got to imagine that if you're Robert Whitaker, you got to kind of be hoping that uh, Alex can uh, dethrone uh, Izzy in that matchup because you just really, I mean, I guess if you're Robert Whitaker and, you know, he kind of mentioned in his post fight interview, you know, it's just go in and just keep taking out, uh, you know, whoever they put uh, in front of him. But to overall, an enjoyable night of fights there for UFC Paris. It's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens with the, you know, obviously with Surreal gone. You know, he mentions in his post fight interview, he just wants that title. And, you know, and, and obviously when you, when you talk about the UFC heavyweight title picture right now, there is some uncertainty with you. Know, you have the champion Francis Ngannou. We all know what's going on with him coming uh, back from the knee surge, but also he's got the contract situation and, you know, all indications that yeah, are out there is that the UFC would really like to do Francis Ngannou and John Jones my guess is that's ultimately not going to happen. We'll see whether it's John Jones, Stipe Miocic, but sign me up if it's uh, John Jones and Surreal gone. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, of course, uh, we'll, we'll see, you know, obviously a lot of time and things can happen here over the next couple of months before we kind of figure out what's going to happen with this UFC heavyweight title. Of course, uh, coming up later on this week, we've got UFC 278 on the next episode of the podcast will come out on Thursday. Myself and Daniel Gavon will be previewing UFC 278 on that podcast. Of course, Hamza Shmaev, Nate Diaz, the main event of that fight car. But let's get into the interviews as you're just going to hear these interviews back to back to back to back. Uh, first, you'll hear my conversation with John Dotson. Then you'll hear my conversation with George Connor Hanyan. Then it'll be Mitch Raposo. And then the final conversation we'll hear is with Ali Zabian. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man who won his BKFC debut with that 40 seconds. That's all it took him, John Dotson. John, uh, appreciate the time. So I think everyone knows kind of what's been happening with you, you know, with, with exiting of the UFC. When does Bare Knuckle coming to the mindset of like, I think that's what I want to do. When I realized that they wanted to go ahead and have a flyweight tournament and they were like, Hey, would you like to be the champion? Then they asked me to participate because from what the, I understood it as they sat there. Actually they did. They, they came at me. They, Hey, do you want to participate in this thing? But as I heard it in my own ears, <laughs> they sat there and said, Hey John, would you love to be our champion? And I jumped on the opportunity to say yes. <laughs> like, like was boxing in the mindset at all? Uh, boxing's always in the mindset. Of, if you look at my style already uh, for MMA, it's always been wrestling and boxing. I've taken the whole accountability of jiu-jitsu out of the scene of it and making sure that more kicks were really dominant of my, of my striking repertoire. But I kept on making sure I can go ahead and close the distance, use knees and elbows, never really too many kicks, but always just my hands. So I always being able to control everybody's brilliant finishes that they've all seen me do with just now my knuckles. Now I can go ahead and do a bare knuckle now. You know, I, I remember the first time I went to a bare knuckle fight was the Paulie and uh, Arnhem fight. 
And oh, yeah. like, like my biggest takeaway from it was like, okay, it's not like you're starting at two ends of the ring. You're right there. Like, you're standing right in, so you basically how the, the motto is you tow that line and then you, you're on arm length, two arm lengths away. How did you prepare for that? Um, it's no different than being able to sit there and with all my, any of my normal sparring matches, mm-hmm. I have everybody where we're pretty much fighting in a phone booth all the time because of how many students or people we have at the gym. So when I was training over at Jackson Wink, Jackson Acoma, even at my own classes over at United Fit, I made sure that we can continuously go ahead and pretty much prepare for that small environment with so many people. Because it's not like I'm trying to run around from every, from angle to angle or from every round or every corner of the squared circle. <laughs> You had this post on Instagram where you said, I had to dig deep and let my old self out again. The demon was unleashed for this fight, and I'll continue to come out to play. Thanks for everyone for coming out. Uh, digging deep and find that old self. Uh, what did you mean by that? Well, I had to go back into 125 and understand, like, man, like I was a monster at that division, and I want to go ahead and unleash that beast. Everybody continues to keep on, continuously doubt me that I had that killer instinct, and that, that was was stopping me from being a world champion. And I wanted to show everybody that I still had that person that was inside that they loved from the beginning when they were on, when they saw me on the ultimate fighter, a tap out show, or just throw my career in the UFC. When I made those fantastic runs and finishing people, everyone loved me. And then when I began to be more of a family man and pretty much enjoying life as an adult, then people began to like, question my ability of being an actual fighter. They're like, ah, you're not a fighter no more. You're just like a normal dude. In hindsight, in the retrospect, I've always been a normal guy with just a killer laugh and a killer smile. Now just with a murder with a murderous intent. You know, like you you I, I saw this article you do with MMA fighting where you talked about uh the J word is something that you just find so disrespectful. And for people that haven't seen the article, journeyman. Like yeah. in terms of like that disrespecting, like did, did you kind of take in that way of like, have y'all guys you know forgotten what I can do? Uh, absolutely. Because uh, my last, so my last fight, and this only happened twice in my whole MMA career where I've lost back to back. Not, and that was in a couple of times in the UFC when I fought Piotr Sean, where I'm coming off of a fight with Jimmy Rivera. But then also now I got lost to Marie Gakke released from the UFC, and then I end up having a loss to Cody Gibson. Nothing from that dude. He's an amazing guy. But I just got done recovering from an automobile accident. I almost died and killed my whole family uh, because somebody decided to leave their car on the middle of the highway, and we almost just been erased from the planet. And people still give me so much crap for that fight. And they're like, man, you look like a journeyman in that fight. I was like, I was still recovering. I took that fight pretty much two months after I got in the accident. I said, yes, take the fight because I don't turn down fights. I was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. Still recovering. I didn't get a full camp in. I didn't get to train as well as I wanted to. And they're like, ah, man, you look weak. You're pathetic. I was like, wow. Okay. So then I went out back to XMMA, sat there, fought show more of that demon that was being unleashed and unlocking the, that collar. And then he completely come unhinged when I had to fight Ryan Benoit and back in my normal weight class at 125. In, in terms of that MMA door, is that door closed at this point? No, I am still looking at 
the chance to go sorry i'm like lighting the candle <laughs> it's all good all these, all these mosquitoes like biting i was like nope dude I, I've, been, I've been florida man I, those mosquitoes yeah you got outside you gotta have that that off candle on oh yeah i, I know what you're going through i'm not even kidding and I have a blowtorch with me so I can start with lighting them. <laughs> but yeah, I got my candle with me. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know what you're going through. Yeah, I was like, oh, like they attacking me. I was like, oh, hell no. Uh, <laughs> getting back to uh, what was the question? What In terms of that, that, you're saying the, the, the door to MMA is not closed. Yeah, the door to MMA is not closed. I want to make sure that I can go ahead and take continue this path of a bare knuckle boxer because bare knuckle fighting in its own animal itself, but I have unfinished business left with MMA. Like I want to go out there and just finish on my career the best at 125, the best ability that I can. I'm on like I just got done watching Demetrius Johnson, who regained the satisfaction of becoming the greatest fighter of all time and reclaiming that flyweight king, not the title, because people kept on saying that DJ won regained his belt, but he didn't regain a belt. He regained the title of being the world's greatest flyweight in the world. That's his exact revenge, but his creativity of finishing his opponent by the way he got finished. <laughs> I thought I thought that was hilarious. But <clears throat> I just want to go and finish out my career at 125 and then continue on journey after that. Like I can go ahead and be a, a 35 champion as soon as I get the 125 titles. In terms of preparing for a bare knuckle fight, as opposed to what you do to prepare for an MMA fight, what, what are there notable differences of, of how you, I, I guess, you know, just kind of get ready? Uh, yeah, I had to wear shoes. That was a weird thing. <laughs> so long, getting ready for all my, like, pretty much my whole fight camps for MMA, I didn't have to wear my, my boxing shoes. Uh-huh. I had to actually get a new pair of boxing shoes because my old ones were uh, substantially smaller. <laughs> Last time I boxed was, like, when I was 16. I haven't grown that much, but my shoe size did. So it was just frustrating. I had to go get, uh, I had to prepare with that, making sure I can go do a little bit more boxing rounds. But, and and anything else? No. I still continue to do jujitsu training. I've had my MMA training, my wrestling training, kickboxing, and a lot of my sparring rounds. I allowed my guys to go ahead and have them do kickboxing while I was only using my boxing. It made a huge disadvantage for myself, but I wanted to prepare myself for all scenarios and different types of angles. Because bare knuckle is in that in that general range of MMA, yeah. not kickboxing where you can keep on landing kicks for kicks, but with MMA we can lunge in in and out, making sure that we can go ahead and strike and not get and not get hit. I remember there was a local fighter here, and he was he does bare knuckle, and he said when he started, one of the things he would do is he would do push ups on his knuckles on cement to help get ready for the fight. Did you do anything in terms of your hands to you know, kind of get used to it? Or 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 did you just train in gloves? No, I tell you the truth. I trained it all in gloves. I made sure I did what I normally do. I, yeah. I, hit, I hit the bag bare knuckle already for MMA. Like, I just get used to doing it because I'm constantly teaching and being it's an involved teacher. I don't ever always bring my gloves, so I use my knuckles, and I just punch the bag without my hands or punch the bag with my hands all the time. So that I can like keep on teaching. Nothing really too detrimental. It's like people will tell me that they whack their shins with bamboo sticks and they hit it as hard as they can, and it's that one solid blow so that their shins are perfectly conditioned. Uh, I prefer to go ahead and throw a thousand kicks on a bag, mm-hmm. so that I can perfect my shins to be one, have them conditioned to where I need some for the fight, and then two, I can always have a perfect strike. And then 
we all saw how my speed and everything and my accuracy was. I continuously just warm up my shoulders by doing the exact same things by punching the bag in a similar fashion. I know you put on your Instagram the slow motion replay of kind of the, the combination that ultimately leads to the end of the fight. Like when you watch that slow motion, are you as much looking at your defense of getting away from his punches as opposed to actually the, the punches that you landed? Of course, because of the fact that I've always like highlighted myself as being the most elusive and fastest fighter in the world. Not only that, I don't want to be able to look at how many strikes I landed, but I want to see how the, where I actually evaded all the strikes. I was so elusive, and I'm so sorry for to Ryan because I smacked this shit out of him. I literally had an open hand slap, pop, as if that was my key line defense. I'm not <laughs> bad because I don't count that as a strike. I was just trying to move his face into the area where my yeah. fist was going to connect with my left hand. Now, going into the fight, you know they, they talk about the expectations that you have. Did you expect 40 seconds? I expected eight seconds to tell you the truth. And as soon as I, I thought I secured it when I dropped on the first time, and then they continued to allow me to dismantle the poor kid. Do you feel bad about that? I actually really do because of the fact that I like, I really do like Ryan Benoit. Like I <laughs> even extended the offer for him to come train with me uh, at the, when we we're both of us in the UFC together when I, I went to 135 and he was continuing or starting his journey at the flyweight division. I saw him at a USC retreat, and I was like, hey, man, if you want to come out to Albuquerque anytime, I got you. I'll help you out. train with you. And then we actually met in the square circle, and I couldn't sit there and say anything bad about the guy because I already like him. I wasn't going to say anything yeah. mean about the poor kid. And then we ended up fighting, had our fight. I talked to him in the back, and I was like, hey, man, I'm sorry for having to go and do the thing, like do what I did. He goes, no, the same in the fight game. Like I just didn't think that you were going to be this fast. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> is that a wave I, like come on man you see me fight no because everyone always says the exact same thing like they know i'm fast but once i stand in front yeah. of them and seeing the speed their eyes just can't catch up and i don't i don't know how to really take it into words or concepts like people say i'm fast on tv and they're like oh yeah you move quick but when i stand in front of them moving and kind of attacking them and hit with the barrages of punches. They're just like, man, that's just a whole different animal. Like is, do you remember the moment when you realized early on in your career when you had that speed? No, I just always knew I was a, a fast individual, but when people continuously reminded me about that, it's just, it's real to me because I feel like I'm moving in slow motion. Mm -hmm. In terms of what's next for you, how, how soon do we see you back inside the ring? Uh, whenever I can actually possibly get a fight. I'm not even going to sit there and try to give anything, like any true predictions. I would love to be able to get a fight before the end of the year. But seeing how I just eliminated the guy that they thought I was going to go to war with, because mm -hmm. they were highlighting this fight to be bare knuckles, like fight of the year type of candidate. And I proved that I just missed it. I just kind of crushed that whole repertoire and whole idea by demolishing them how I did. So for you right now, are you, do you have the ability to take MMA fight if one was offered or are you exclusively to BKFC? Uh, I have the ability to go ahead and jump back and forth. Uh -huh. So BKFC allows me to go ahead and continue my MMA journey while I'm stuck being freshly started in the BKFC. What's the odds that do you think, oh, it, do you think it's more likely your next fight's a bare knuckle or do you think it's more likely MMA fight? Mm, depends like pretty much money talks and i really have 
that's not that's not even a joke anymore. Like this day and age, I'm not going to chase out for fame. I'm chasing out for the money because of the fact that I got kids. Yeah. I need to secure my kids' legacy, not only as for myself but for them as well. Because their future, for me to continue on being and get taking this abuse, I want to make it worth it. If I had to lose my memory back uh, later on in the future, have you started to think about like how much longer you want to do this for? No, my body keeps on telling me that I can continue on moving forward. So if they, if my body keeps on saying go ahead and pursue this passion and dream, I'm going to continue to do it. I've never been knocked out and still haven't been finished. Like, knock on wood, everybody has that moment where they have a defining turning point. I still never have that, and I still haven't ever really seen a potential threat of that. So when that day comes, I know that would be the time for me to go ahead and start having those questions. But as of right now, I'm continuing this journey of dismantling, punishing, and crushing everybody's hopes and dreams of ever beating me and finishing me. Yeah, I remember I, years ago I was producing an NFL players radio show. And uh, before the show, we were just kind of talking because we were filming in his house. And, yeah. uh, and like we're watching like Sports Center or something. And, and someone comes over retirement. And I was like, So how do you, well, you know? And he goes, My body will tell me. He goes, he goes, I'm not going to be that guy that's going to go out there just because some team will pay me. He goes, well, My body tells me it's time to retire. He goes, I, He goes, You'll not hear from me again. He goes, I'm done. Yeah, pretty much. That's literally what I'm waiting for. Like, I'm still working out, still feeling great. Like, I feel, I still feel passionate about the sport. And my body, like, when I see it and I start learning about new things, and I'm just more excited. And I can feel the hair standing up on my, pretty much on my skin, all the time. When it comes to the fight world and me wanting to go out and go do it, it's just like, it's like, hey, let's kick over, let's do this, let's go for another gear. Like, we got to go. We have dreams. I'm like, all right, well, fine, body. Let's go. Like, it's never my mind telling me hell no. Because I'm, my mind always says, don't get hit. Don't get touched. Please don't go do this. But my body's like, nope, let's go. <laughs> so if you got like that dream fight before you call it a career, is there a dream fight for you? Like you say, like, if I could get that fight, that would complete my career. Uh, there's no dream fight, tell you the truth. I just want to have is what I really want. I just want to have like as many titles as possible. Uh-huh. Like I need to secure a legacy that my kids can be proud of and sit there and say that their dad was a phenomenal beast and monster and never backed down from a fight. And that's all I really want. Like my kids, I want them to always see me being as a superhero. Uh-huh. Do they ever come to the gym with you? Yeah, they're like I have pictures. Like my kids have always been; they're born and raised in the gym. Uh-huh. Like my my son, he literally I have pictures of him falling asleep on the mats because of the fact that he was so tiny. He slept on a kick shield, and he was just laying on it. I put a blanket on him, and I would continue to work out. I had to hit mitts and everything, and I was teaching classes. And my daughter, same things. They're always been at the gym. Every, like everybody at the gym has pictures with my kids because I don't ever just like neglect them i just want them to be there so they can see see the hard work see the effort see the dedication to what it takes into being that kind of a person like i want them to grow up with their ambitions and dreams and hopes and know like hey like you guys can do whatever you want like just there's no such thing as oh there's a obstacle in my way there's this there's this and all these random excuses i want them to be sit there and be like hey dad's doing 
his fighting career because that's what he wants. He's doing helping mom with cookies and helping mom with photography. Dad's doing his own thing, making sure he's building shirts, building a website, doing all of these things, helping other people out. Like I got a million different things that's pulling me apart. But at the end of the day, I'm still being myself and being true to who I am. So if they came to you one day and said, Dad, we want to get into the fight game, would you try to steer them away from it? If that's what they want to do, I would sit there and help have their back 100%. Like there's not a single person in my family that has come to me with an idea that I've shunned up to for. I sat there, like, I sat there and told them, Hey, you want to do this? Let's go. Like with my wife, she had a, she basically loves artwork. She wanted to do a paint with me, like pretty much a paint by Chell. So she was going out there teaching people how to paint. We bought all the stuff. She wanted to be a photographer, bought all the stuff. I keep on helping her with anything possible. And currently now she's uh, in the business of making cookies. She wants to learn how to go ahead and do it so she can make a startup company for that. So I'm like, all right, babe, well, shit. We got the money. Let's go ahead and do it. And we can start looking into making a, a sugar cookie business if that's what you really want to do. So we're going to do some bakery stuff. And I'll learn my part of it. So I'll learn what I need to. Because <laughs> we already know I'm not – I'm only arts. Only art crap I can go ahead and do is bloody a canvas. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you got to create like some type of uh, fighting cookie. I mean, it depends on how I'm going to have to design it. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, all right. So, like, you're going to the the kitchen and grab a cookie. Do we got Do we got to go to cookie for that? That's that's your like. For me, it would be like an Oreo. That that'd be my go to. No, for me, I had to like to really cook, so I cook. Uh, people who are on the ultimate fighter, they'll all tell you I cooked for everyone in the house. Didn't matter if you were on my team or not on my team. Uh, I literally cooked all the pre-fight meals, part, uh, post-fight meals. I grilled all the food. Uh, literally everybody was coming to me because I was like the house chef. And I continue to do that even from my own house till still to this day. Like my family, I just cook all of our food. I would do the preparations for my, our, my nutrition. Like when I'm weight cutting, the same thing with my wife. She wants to like still like pretty much dabble in fitness. And so she's a fitness competitor. I make all of her food too. So when she does whatever she wants to do, I'm like, oh, got it. So I make sure I can prep all of our food, prep all the kids food, uh, make sure they can eat well. I eat well and we get what we desire. Not like, no, not, I mean like literally what we desire, not what we want. <laughs> so, so we're cooking dinner tonight. What do you got? A, do you got a signature meal to cook for the family? Uh, like I make a bunch of, uh, Filipino food because of the fact that that's my heritage, my tradition. So I make a lot of that, but my wife likes Mexican food. So we have to do both. So we cook a lot of American, American, Mexican and Filipino uh-huh. food that kind of mix it all together. And if not, we always got some ribs. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, but my wife's a cook in my family. I, I, I'm like, okay. Like tonight I'm going to make some steaks like that. I like the grill is my thing. Everything else. That's for her. That's for her to do. Yeah. I got lim- I uh, limited skills here. Limited skills. I don't know. I tell her, babe, uh, I can't bake to save my life, but I'll help you whatever you need me to <laughs> like be a chemist on. I can do, I can add the ingredients, but you have to bake it. She's like, what? I was like, you have to bake it because I can't do the, you know, <clears throat> watching the time and not burning the cake. <laughs> you got to, and you're baking, you got to measure everything out because if your, your measurements are off. Yeah. Then it's going to be all messed up. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I said I can be a good chemist. I'm just a horrible <laughs> baker. 
Yeah, man. But uh, but look forward to seeing uh, next time we see you uh, inside competition where it's bare knuckle or it's MMA. Uh, John, of course, as always, appreciate time. Uh, of course, let me know anything you can find on social media and uh, anything else you want to mention, man. Ah, oh, man, I'm all, anybody. You guys can all find me on Instagram, uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at John Dotson and me. If you're looking for me on on Facebook, it's the magician John Dotson. And last but not least, you guys can also find me on Old Lean Fans. And I know everybody has that stigma. No, it's just if you guys want to have any questions, need some tips, advice, pretty much fight career or anything that you want to know about fight knowledge, I'll be there to help you and guide you throughout all that for on OnlyFans. And that's going to be the same thing with John Dotson MMA. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man who is going to get on a plane, head over to Ireland here for Bellator 285. Georgie, man, as always, uh, appreciate time. Of course, you know, I'm going through your Instagram, and uh, obviously the carnivore diet is, is a big part of what you're doing. And, and so I see this, like, two pounds of ribeye. I'm like, holy crap. I, are you are you taking down two pounds at a time? Yeah, two pounds is nothing. That's, that's, that's when I'm getting close to a fight, but it's usually up to five to six pounds. So two pounds is an easy day. I'm still hungry after two pounds. <laughs> wow! I, I, of course, you know, uh, I, you know, I saw like you were put like some type of was it a salt that you were you were throwing on the steak after it was being cooked. Yeah, yeah. So I use uh, like your regular uh, Morton Morton uh, Morton salt, and then I also add some of the like the sea salt or the real salt. So I, just to get all the sodium because uh, I, I don't take any like supplements stuff like that. So I have to practice i need to put lots of sodium in me because that's that's where i sweat all the potassium and all the iodine so so i put it back in you know so, so i know like I'm, I'm making some steaks for dinner tonight like i'm a big marinade guy i love the marinade <laughs> my steaks are are you are you the same way or are you kind of basic salt and pepper i'm just a basic basic salt and pepper uh not even a pepper just just as pure salt but my, my kids get tired of it. So their steak, I, I season it. I, I make it. I add all kinds of seasoning they like. So, but mine is just a pure salt. Well, like in, in terms of like, I know we've talked a lot about the carnivore diet and, and you've talked about how it's really benefited you. Like, is there something that the benefits of it that you see that you were not really expecting? Yes. My, uh, my, my way of thinking, uh, uh, my brain, like as far as like stews, I feel like the last uh, few years, like I'm before I turned carnivore, um, I was forgetting a lot of things. Just it was just weird, you know. But as soon as I switched to carnivore and I got adapted to the protein and the fat, uh, it's it's crazy. Like, I mean, I, I spar twice a week. My sparring went up higher. I mean, not like I get hit, a, not like I get hit a lot, but. There's a lot of things change and I'm, uh, I mean, I feel great. So I try to tell people, I try to give them my advice, my two cents, but you know, some listen, some just like move on, do their thing, but I really love it. I'm going to stick with it forever. You know, uh, Orton show, I had John Dotson on and he had, he had done a, a, an interview a little while ago where he talked about like the things that he finds disrespectful. And there was a word that he hates when people call him and it's a journeyman. He said, he goes, I just find that word so disrespectful. Is there something for you that whether it's about yourself or other fighters that you just go, God damn, man, that is just so disrespectful. Oh, and they call you journeyman. Yeah. He, and that was his, his word was, he goes, I hate that word. He's like, he goes, that's such a disrespectful word to me. I, I mean, still, I mean, a lot of people have opinions. I, 
if they like to call the, I mean, yeah, that's his opinion. I think it's kind of stupid to call it like that. But I mean, uh, I I don't even care. I don't. I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't bother me at all. When you were younger, did it bother you what people might say about you? Uh, when I was, of course, when you're young, you do a lot of stupid shit. So <laughs> uh, right now I'm just like, man, I, I, uh, take care of my body and, you know, f- fight as much as I can. And, uh, I have, uh, even though I'm, I'm, I'm riding a two fight losing streak, I don't feel like, uh, it taken out of my soul in there, you know, in a cage, it's just little stuff I got to work on, which is my wrestling and, uh, and then do my thing. I was thinking about a conversation I had a while ago with Linton Vassell and, and, you know, he was talking about where he knew he had to find like a sweet spot for his weight. He's like, you know, he's like, I just, he realized where he needed to be to get the maximized performance. And I was thinking about you with, you know, with all the years of fighting, whether it's at 45 or 55, like, have you found that sweet spot of where you need to be during a fight camp to, to maximize your performance? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I really love fighting at 55. Uh, it's much easier for me. Uh, I uh, I woke up today 75, so I'm like 20 pounds. So, and then when I cut weight too, it's, it's, it's uh, before when I would cut weight, I'll be so happy. Now when I finish cutting weight, I'm like, man, I mean, I love the process. I enjoy it. So, and, and yeah, it's, it's like, I found a sweet spot with the, with, with the weight 155 but there's also it also showed that with 155 not many want to stand with me they just go start hugging me and wrestling me so it's it's an easy fix i've been here before uh and yeah i think 55 is my division this this is where i'm gonna be uh there's no way i'm gonna make 45 ever probably (laughs) (laughs) so 55 is the new home and just you know i'm just building from here is that your expectations with Kane? Is that he will attempt to make this a wrestling match? Well, I mean, if you watch the last two fights, uh, you're like, all right. So when I know Sal Rogers uh, is is uh, one of his training partners, so and Sal did a great job by holding me against the cage, holding me down, doing a great job. So I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm. I'm I, I, I mean, his fights, he keeps us standing, and I mean, I would love to keep us standing for Irish fans, and then you know. But you never, this is MMA. This is where like people watch, study. Uh, I've done my homework on him. I'm pretty sure he's done his homework on me. That's, that's why I think it's going to be a good fight. What do you think uh, someone like Kane or, or a future opponent, when they, when they start, they put that tape in on, on Georgie, what, what do you think goes to their mind? Uh, they're like, man, he has a big head, hard head. <laughs> he takes punch. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, I come forward as soon as the bell rings. Uh, I go for a finish. Uh, uh, I have a pretty good jiu-jitsu, I guess, for MMA. I mean, I only have like 16 wins. So, but uh, they just, I, I, I really don't know. I think just a well-rounded fighter that's been there, experienced fighter. You mentioned about, you know, what's kind of happened in, in the last two fights here. I mean, how much of ha, has, has the wrestling been more of a point of emphasis than maybe it's, it's been in the past for you? Uh, yeah. Like just tighten up little things, you know, and I get taken down an open mat and I get close to the fence and I feel comfortable there. Cause I feel like in MMA, if your back is touching the fence, it's like being on your back on the ground. Uh-huh. So, like, the judges look at it a little differently. So, uh, 
just fixing little things, but not forgetting where I'm best at. And, you know, even, even though I'm a black belt jutsu, I like to keep it standing. I like to go for finish. And at the end of the day, Jason, I think people remember finishes. They don't, they don't remember <laughs> no boring fights. So, <laughs> I, I, so that's where I go for it. I remember this line, Brandon Ward, uh, back in the day, um, you know, it's like, if I was like, oh, do you want to, you want to knock him out or submit him? And he goes, Hey man, if a rival reporter was talking trash about you, do you want to submit him or knock him out? I go, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, and I was like, yeah, yeah I get you. I get you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like in baseball. You know, it, the, the cliche is the chicks love the long ball. No, man, we, we love the knockout. Yeah. Finish. And, you know, I think, uh, I mean, if I want to like move up and move up and get closer finishes, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna get it done. But winning decisions in Bellator, the, they don't like that. And also, lightweight's so wide open too. Like it, it's, it's a very quick path. I mean, you know, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. With AJ McKee. I mean, he's coming up to fifty-five. I would imagine that he's probably on the the quick route to a title matchup. But like, is that kind of your point of saying, okay, you know what? Yeah. Last two fights haven't gone the way I had hoped for, but this is a quick rise just because of how this division's played out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you said with the AJ fight and Spike, and I, I think uh, it's a tough matchup. I've trained in the past with Spike. He, he's a he's a he's a, a very good opponent, uh, and people sh- fans shouldn't sleep on him because I think this is a, a big test of one fifty five for AJ. And then, you know, also you have Usman Nurmagomedov fighting uh, Patriki, uh, which I personally think Usman just got a pass by. He just cut through all the rankings and just went there. And, and we know why, because of his brother, Habib. So, uh, but yeah, the, like you said, the division is pretty much open. Uh, uh, I have two guys that are on the same car fighting with me, Ben Henderson, Peter Cooley. I would love to have my hands on them both, but uh, we don't know yet, so... We'll see. You know, it's like you said, division is open, but if you want to move up fast in the divisions, you have to get finishes. It's crazy that Usman has zero top 10 wins in Bellator. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Say that. <laughs> like, look, like after, like, like, okay, after um, uh, Musayev defeated um, Sydney Outlaw, I'm like, I'm like, come on, you got the history there. Pitbull makes all sense in the world. I mean, he went out there and destroyed Outlaw in what 40 seconds, wherever it was. And I'm like, look, Usman is super talented. We can all see the talent there, but I'm also like, like, I, I guess I come from that sporting model of like, you got to beat the top to be, to, to fight for the title. I mean, like, like you, I understand why he's getting the title matchup, but I'm also like, the facts are he hasn't beaten anybody in the top 10 yet. He hasn't. He hasn't. And thank you for actually speaking the truth. And I think the media should speak the truth. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he got a free pass. I mean, the, they should have just put Mus, uh, Tufik versus Usman. But it's uh, I think Tufik will beat Usman really, really fast because uh, Tufik is pretty tough. And he has a win over Patriki. So it's just like I feel like they screwed him over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got Shelby who's sitting there as well. I mean, there's some yeah, guys Shelby that, you know, I mean, he's got the win against Premise. I mean, that's a former champion. And it's just like, it's one of those things of, uh, I was like, well, it is what it is. I mean, I, I was sure that if I was, you know, if I was one of those top lightweights in Belter, I'd be going, what the F, man? Yep. Yep. 
I don't want to open my mouth too much. I'm just going to wait till I get a lot of winning streak and then I'm going to fucking talk because that division is very quiet. No one is talking, no one is saying anything. And, uh, you know, in, in the past, I tried to fight Usman. That never happened. I tried to beg Bellator to give me that fight. They never want to give it to me. It just, it's, it's a deep politics in MMA. And <laughs> uh, I think his time will come. I think, you know, M- MMA is very pure sport. Even if you try to, cover up someone's record, give them easy matchups. They will run into someone that's going to yeah. humble them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how many times you see, you know, I, I always like, I, I, I love to go topology. And the reason I love to go topology, like when a fighter, you know, say they get in the Bellator, they get in the UFC, they get in the PFL, whatnot. I'm like, I want to look at that strength of competition. You know, who, who did you fight on the way up? You know, and there was, there was a fire recently. I looked at him and was like, holy crap, that record is padded. Exactly. And I think this is like, it's like the, the MMA math. That's what I call it. MMA math. I just, some, some days I'll just go, like you said, on topology or share dog, <laughs> and I'll just go over all these numbers. And like, I, I'm thinking probably the guy you're talking about is a Russian guy. He fought UFC. Is that the guy you're talking about? They cut him. Yeah. Like, oh, well that, that's that. right here. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a guy who's fighting uh, in the UFC this weekend that literally tapology has flagged the promotion for questionable matchmaking. Wow. It, it's, it's a uh, God. Oh man. I, I forget who it is. I was doing a show yesterday about it. I was like, and, and cause someone else brought it to my attention. Like, yeah, tapology's flagged that promotion for, for shady that's matchmaking. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. They, they'll do anything right now. Well, I, I think a lot of it is, and like I've seen it some here in, in the, the southeastern side of the United States, it's, it seems like there are fighters who are trying to take a boxing model. But then I, I look at it and say, like, at some point, you got to test yourself, though. Test yourself, fight some tougher fights. Yeah. Because uh, I'm really curious about Sugar Shannon versus Peter Young, because that's another big test for him. He fought Cheeto, and Cheeto delivered really fast. So. Now, Sugar Shane is fine. Someone, so it's going to be curious. The, the only thing about, about Sean, like, I don't think it's an awful matchup because it's not someone that's going to necessarily be trying to grapple him, take him down. You know, like, it is someone who's going to stand with him. So, like, if, if I've said this, I think O'Malley's management has done an incredible job of getting the right fights. You know, I heard he's managing himself. Is it true? He was with um, um, Vayner at one point. He, he's gone around to a couple of management companies. But I think for the most part, he does manage himself. But it's also about it. Like, you know this. It's like, it's about picking the right fights to fit your style. Not, not you know, like, like I mean, back in the day, like Conor McGregor. Why was he going to go wrestle, go fight somebody that had a beef no, style? Yeah. I mean, and so, like, I just think, like, a guy like O'Malley, he's been match made the right way to work for him. Yeah. Yeah, but I agree with you. But I'd, I'd like Jan to win the fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, Jan, honestly, Jan's one of my favorite guys to watch fight. Yeah, I, I love very, watching him fight. He's very good. very consistent with this, everything. Combos, everything. He throws very good. Who do you love to watch fight? Uh, my favorite fighters? Uh, lately, it's been Yoel. I've been watching Yoel. I've been following his career in uh, UFC, uh, everywhere. And uh, uh, this is actually the second time fighting with him on the same card. But you, you, I like Yoel a lot. 
I've been watching Israel Adesanya a lot. I like his style. Uh, and then also boxing. I've been watching a lot of boxing. I'm a big boxing fan. So Gervonta Davis, uh, Teofimo Lopez, I think that they're very good. Like when you watch a fight, are you watching it as a fan? Or are you almost watching it like, what can I take from their games? Both. So I'll watch it as a fan. Uh, and uh, I'll try to score in my head just to keep my fight IQ as far <laughs> too. And then, you know, it's... Uh, and I usually, when I watch it, I watch it with my kids. So they'll be watching it too. So we'll be going over, like, making bets between each other who won. <laughs> this, but... Uh, I pick up a lot of things, you know. I uh, as a fighter, that's in, I think that's the, that's what all we do. So, watch, learn, then come next day and try to use it. Are you are you taking your kids to uh, Ireland with you? Yes, yes, they're all uh, coming out there uh, on the twentieth. So they'll be there with me. I'm gonna take them to the arena to the fights. So they'll be watching me fight. How many times have you done this with your kids? Oh, this is gonna be the first time. Oh, really? Well, what, yeah. what, why all? Why did you decide that this was the the right time to, to bring him? Uh, it just you know, my son is about to be close to. He's gonna turn three pretty soon, and then uh, you know, my daughters already they're doing jujitsu. They see me train. They see me get hit. They get see me get punched. So they wanted to travel, and I was like, you know, why not? I mean, I this is a nice way to go to Ireland visit, and they could just come. So it'll be good, you know. Do you think that it'll be it'll make this week more memorable for you, like than any other fight week? Yeah, it's 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 like uh, it's different uh, as far as uh, like Dan being there is different as far as pressure wise. I'm like shit. My son is gonna be there. My daughters. I gotta look good. <laughs> I got everything I do. I gotta do make sure it's, it's the perfect me. So uh, uh, it's I like that. It's like added pressure, and I, and I think I love that feeling. So uh, it is something new because I mean. Had over like forty eight professional fights, so it's it's something new, so it's good. Yeah, like I I would think of like you almost like look at it and you grab that Bellator photographer, and go, hey man, we need to do a we need to do a family photo shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I get hold of Lucas and I'll do that. <laughs> hey Lucas, uh, you got yeah about ten minutes, man. Uh, let's go over the screen screen. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's uh. Yeah, I, I would, you know, because like you've heard so many fighters, they talk about that of like, you know, some, you know, they'll, they'll say, do you think it all takes pressure away? You know, the fact that your family's there, they're not away, they're there with you, though. I, I feel like once I step in the arena, especially inside the cage, it, it will all go away. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe it's from an experience, maybe it's so many fights I had, but uh, um you know, I think it, to me, it's like when I get that question, I ask a lot, hey, do, you, do you still get nervous? You have so many MMA fights. I'm like, yeah, I get nervous, but I don't get nervous like a week before a fight or when I sign a contract. I get nervous maybe like 10 minutes before walking out, and then once I step in the cage, it's all gone. So it's like back being at home. So, and I tell everyone, I, it's good to be nervous because the times that I remember not being nervous, those are times I lost. Uh-huh. <laughs> So it's good to be nervous. Like it, it would freak you out a little bit if you you're, you're staying there ten minutes before and you're like, oh crap, I don't I don't got any nerves here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but of course, Georgie man, as always, uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Look forward to seeing this fight here coming up here later on this month. Bellator two eighty five. Of course, uh, let me know that fight on social media. And of course, anything else we'll mention, man. No, I'm mean, thank you, Jason. Thank you. Sorry, I was a little late. Oh, good. I apologize, but uh, 
no, thank you for having me on all the time. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions or anyone wants to know about anything, just hit me up on Instagram at George MA. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man's going to fight for the vacant flyweight title here at CES MMA 70. Mitch, as always, man, appreciate the time. Uh, how's things been, man? Good, man. How about you? I can't complain, man. You know, I can't complain. It's been, uh, you know, good times for you. I was, uh, you know, I was going through your Instagram a little bit leading into this one. One of the things I did notice about you is you're a story guy. You're not really a <laughs> let me post in my Instagram feed guy. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I'll post but only if it's like a good like the pics gotta be like i don't know it's gotta be some like quality or like a big training day or something and i'll post i used to post a lot more on social media than i used to than i do now now there there was one caption i forget on which post it was it was a recent post where you said i'll make you respect my game which leads me to think is someone not respecting your game yeah i mean I, like i said I'm, I'm not really too like focused on uh, the shit he's saying or things like that. But obviously I can't help when people send it to me and obviously everybody wants like feedback or whatever. And it obviously it makes the fight bigger too. I mean, so it's a good thing, but yeah, I've, I've taken notice of some things that he's been saying and uh, yeah, we'll see. Is this the first time you really had to deal with that? I mean, dude, I've been, I was in a house for six weeks with the guy I was fighting, yeah. you know what I mean? There's not really much that rattles me, you know, like it's just, it's uh, at the end of the day, like one, he's not, he doesn't believe the shit he's saying Two, I mean, it, it makes no difference. Like I, I've been in there with killers, you know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing he's going to bring that I haven't seen before. And, uh, I know he's never felt anybody like me in there. So you know what I'm saying? He can say what he wants. We'll see when we get in there. That filming uh, of the, of the alternate fighter. Was that the hardest thing you've had to go through as just, uh, you know, obviously like you, you don't have your phone, you're kind of, you're disconnected yeah. from the world. Like, like you think about those six weeks, was, was that like the longest six weeks of your life? Uh, it's weird. Like it's definitely hard. Like, and I think it's harder when you, when you lose, it's definitely tough. Like, because before the fight, you know, so obviously I was, I was in the house for like a week before I fought. I was like, I was the first fight. And, uh, to be honest with you, it wasn't like as I'm not gonna say it wasn't as hard as I expected. It was definitely hard. Yeah. But I think if you are still in the tournament, it's a lot easier because you know you're getting better. You you have something on your mind. Obviously, you see the guy you're fighting in the cage. I mean, uh, in the house that you're gonna be fighting. So it's it kind of it's pretty easy to stay focused. Then when you lose that, it's kind of like what's the purpose of me being here? And yeah. the days do drag. But at the end of the day, I took it as I'm gonna train. You know I'm still going to train hard. I'm still going to do the hard practices. And I got a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with Alex, which was like to this day, some of those priceless, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I cherish that amongst a lot of things in my life is the amount of one-on-one -on -one training I got with you. Know I'm saying dude's pound for pound number one. So, yeah, I, I know in talking to Dustin Lampros about that, he, he was talking to me about, he's like, you know, he goes, I really sat back and, and I took in what Alex does and, and how him and his coaches kind of their mindset. Is that like one of your biggest takeaways of saying, okay, this is a guy that's a world champion and, and this is how he's getting ready for a fight. Did it, did it make you alter anything? Yeah, I actually, I actually do a lot of those uh, CKB guys do. It's called spider. And it's like, uh, it's like an extreme shark bait type of, uh, workout to prepare you for big fights and you know, prepare you for fights in general, you know, so especially for this fight, you know, five, five minute rounds. I had, I, I put myself through that. You know what I'm saying? I'll probably put myself through that every single camp for the rest of my life. It's I, he, he put us through it on the show a couple of times. 
it's definitely the best way I think to prepare for a fight. It's, it's just as the absolute worst you could feel, uh, as far as, uh, like a conditioning goes to simulate a fight. Like, but just little things too, like, you know, just the way his mindset is on recovery, uh, just certain little tips and tricks that he does in there that obviously a lot of people won't realize, you know what I'm saying? Or, or pick up into obviously till he says it, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, do, I took it as much as I possibly could uh, from him. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, he's amazing. So, Of course, it's been six months since you've been in there. Unfortunately, you were supposed to have a fight three months ago. And unfortunately, uh, you had to pull out of that one. Like, so like, how do you describe the last six months? Uh, I, would, I would say just saying I definitely was really bummed out that I didn't get to fight in June. You know, I've just I've been through a lot as far as with the Ultimate Fighter and the Contender Series and – you know, then coming back in March and getting a win and getting back in there, and, and then I obviously want to feel that right away again. And uh, I ended up uh, having a pretty significant injury going into the June fight, and so I had to pull out of that one. But you yeah, ended up getting an even bigger opportunity. So yeah, I mean, everything everything really happens for a reason, you know. Was that the hardest decision you had to make to pull out of that fight? Yeah, I was gonna fight. Yeah, you know I'm saying I was pretty, like uh, I was I was definitely gonna fight. It, if it was any, uh, if it was. Like now, if it was like a UFC fight or a contender fight or something like that, I would have fought. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I I had a pretty, you know what I mean, seen a uh, significant injury, but uh, I I would have fought because I was gonna fight. And then I was, we just weighed the options and it just didn't really make sense. Like it's, and I ended up like I said, I, I waited it out and now I got an even bigger opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I guess from the fighters aspect, you're like, man, I just want to compete. But you gotta have, kinda, yeah. I guess it's about having those people around you who are like, hey man, we we gotta do this the smart way. Yeah, my coach is just like, why? Like I, I truly believe there's really not many, like not many, not really anybody at UFC, especially outside the UFC. Even on my worst day, that I can't beat. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like, yeah, it was it was gonna be a hard fight. You know what I'm saying? Probably harder than it was gonna be if I was healthy. But I felt like, you know what? I'm, a, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna do what I do, and I'll, I'll get it done somehow. You know what I'm saying? By by any means necessary. But my coach is like, we'll just sit it out. So you mentioned about uh, a little bit of trash talk from your opponent, Israel uh, Galvan. He's uh, five and two. He's got he's you know walking in here on a winning streak. Uh, h- how do you evaluate him as a fighter? Uh, he's definitely. I feel like he's. I would say he's like a bully. You know, what I'm saying he's definitely more of like a, a bully type of guy. I've seen his losses, and I've I've kind of seen like think like little things that all the the opponents do to him. Do you know what uh-huh. I'm saying that he has like the holes in his game? And out of all the shit he's saying, I just, all I'm going to say, man, one of the, especially one of those losses, those guys are not me. You know what I'm saying? He's, he has one decent guy that he lost to. That, that kid was pretty good. But the other kid, I mean, like, come on. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's talking about my losses. I mean, dude, I'm, if one, I would, I would fight both guys in a heartbeat again, right? Dude, yeah. We're all fighters. We want that. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? All of us have losses. We wish we could get those back. Uh, and some of them, some of us actually do, you know, get those rematches and stuff. But I mean, who are you? Ta- who are you to talk? Talking about me losing fights or this and that, like t- coming from the guys you've lost to. You know what I mean? So, I think he's he's a kind of a bully type of guy. But I definitely see some things that people do to him, and uh, he doesn't react well to. And uh, he's definitely got some, you know, what I'm saying some holes in his game. And I, like I said, I'm just gonna take mental note. You know, what I'm saying like kind of like Michael Jordan said, man, like I take that shit personally. You know, <laughs> so him, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna make him respect my game when we're in there. You know, he can say what he wants, talk this and that. He's gonna do this and do that. We'll see when we get in there. You know what I'm saying? It's it's different to talk about it, and then when you're in there with me, and you you've never really like felt someone that moves like I do as fast as I am and can mix it up like I can. 
like I said, we'll see how he deals with that. You know, I got, I don't really have much to say. I don't really want to say much. I don't really want to talk shit back. I want to, like I said, I'll make, I'm going to make him respect me when we get in there. Is it great motivation? I'm just, I'm a pretty motivated guy to begin with. Like I, I, I don't really need extra motivation. I'm not someone that struggles really to go to the gym. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, even all year, like all year round. Like, like I said, I, I got hurt in June. You know, man, fuck. I would say I broke my, I broke my hand like probably like a week before the fight in June. And, uh, I had shattered my hand. Like my hand was done. And, uh, I was like, like I said, I, I wanted to, I was still going to fight. And I've broken my hands like throughout my, like the years of my career. You know what I'm saying? A couple of times. So yeah, I was going to fight. And then dude, I, as soon as I, even with a, a broken hand, I was still in the gym, you know, I'm in the gym four five, six days a week, all year round. You know what I'm saying? I'm all year round with this shit. So I don't really need any extra motivation. This is what I do. This is my life. This is what I'll be doing till the day I die. So like I said, it is what it is. Kind of one year, one year throughout the other. You know what I'm saying it's kind of it's really that simple to me. So, is there become a point your coaches look and go, Mitch, go home, go home, go find something to do? Did they got to kick you out of the gym? Uh, no, I would, I would say they like that. They like that I'm like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's yeah. just. I feel like when you're, you want to get to the level. Obviously, you gotta. You know what I'm saying? You you gotta obviously be smart with like recovery and things like that. But at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Champions, they grind. You know what I mean? They work hard. You know what I'm saying? They, they put in the work. And you got to you gotta work that hard. At the end of the day, to get to where you want to go to be the best. So, Is it hard for you to have a hobby outside of fighting? No, I would say, like, I'm definitely, like, I'm into, like, I play, like, Warzone. Like, I play Madden. I hang out with, like, I've had the same friends since I was a little kid. You know what I'm saying? I hang out like, like, I definitely, I can go, I go out, I know how to balance it. Like, I've been doing it my whole life. So I feel like I've, figured out what kind of what works for me so i mean are you are you playing games online and some people might start a little trash talk and they don't realize what you do for a living oh yeah 100 yes i like i love it though i said i a couple of the boys you know what i'm saying we'll hop on play some war zone that shit's addicting so see i'm a madden guy and when I, when I get comical when you know sometimes you can hear that person and yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll be like you're just gonna run the same thing over and over like yeah stop it yeah, no, Matt, Madden's, I've been having, obviously I just picked up 23, Madden 23, and I've been having, a, like, these kids are so annoying, like, they, they hit, like, they pause the game, and, like, I just don't got the patience, like, I don't really care about my, like, record in the yeah. game, so I'm like, and I like to play, I actually just recently kind of got into Madden, like, I played 2K, like, I definitely like sports games growing up, and they just wait at the pause, like, they pause the game, and they don't come back to the game, and I'm just like, so I'm like, all right, dude, I'm just going to leave this game. Like, that's probably the most annoying thing about that game. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like Madden a lot, too. Yeah, I've always been a Madden guy. I mean, going back years upon years. But yeah, sometimes when I, when you can hear them just getting pissed off, I just, it's it's comical to me. Like, I'm just yeah, like, sure. Sure. yeah, yeah, I'm going to run the ball down your throat. Just stop it. That's all yeah. you got to do. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Stop it, I'll run something else. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is Man, I've, I've been killing it with the Bills right now. You know what I'm saying Josh Allen's my guy. So, I, I, I will say I definitely prefer having a quarterback who can who's mobile. I, I don't like the statue yeah. quarterback. You know. Yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, obviously, you got the title fight here. Gold go out there and win the title it is is a simple mindset of okay, you know, trying to you know get into even if it's a short nose UFC flyweight matchup or or even bantamweight. One hundred percent. I mean that's. If you look at the guys that have won this belt, and even like like I said, this kid I'm fighting, I saw, like I, said, I saw a little clip of him talking because CES posted like a short like little teaser, and like so, like six people sent it to me, and he was he just sounds real excited 
to fight me because or you know what I'm saying like I like to I like to make fun of myself and call myself an ultimate fighter reject but obviously he beats me I was on the ultimate fighter affiliated with the UFC yeah. and the CES belt is a pretty legitimate title you know what I'm yeah. saying on UFC fight pass chance are you're gonna get yeah, the UFC is definitely you know what I'm saying? Uh, coming fast. You know what I'm saying? You definitely just gotta, it's kind of just like the opportunity, just waiting for the opportunity to come up. So that's kind of how, 100% how I'm seeing it. You know what I'm saying? He's got a good record. Even as an amateur, he had a good record. Go out there, beat this kid by any by any means necessary, get the job done, and then it's UFC. You know what I'm saying? I just can't see, you know, I'm 23. You know, I'm still 23 years old. You know what I'm saying? I, I have a lot of experience now under my belt. I can't see how the UFC isn't, you know what I'm saying? Uh, interested in me. I just got to go out there and get get those W's. And this is a pretty big W that's going to be hard for them to ignore. And, of course, everyone's going to see us fight here September 9th live on UFC Fight Pass interim flyweight title. Mitch, as always, uh, appreciate time. Of course, uh, let me know they fight on social media. Anything else you want to mention, man? Instagram still, Mitch Raposo underscore. Twitter, Emma Raposo underscore. Facebook, Mitch Raposo. Joining me now here on the MMA Report is a man you're going to see here at CES MMA 70. Of course, you can watch it live on UFC Pipe Pass. Ali, man, uh, appreciate the time. Obviously, you know, uh, I guess the storyline going into this fight is round two. I guess, is that about the best way to, to describe this fight? It's round two? Yeah, pretty much round two. You know what I mean? Because uh, it was only a one round fight. It was an exhibition bout. So it, it, it was only slaughtered for one round. And, uh, um, I won it by decision and now I'm going to win it again by a uh, finish. <laughs> for, for those who are not uh, aware of the story, it was a one night tournament there in premier FC where you ended up winning the lightweight title, uh, that yeah. night, like a one night tournament. Is it something you would do again? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I prepared like the story of it. If you want to hear it, cause it's, it's a long one, but. It, of the whole, you know, the, the leading up to where I am now, you know what I mean? Because uh, I had an interview yesterday and I didn't really, you know, touch on like the whole story, you know what I mean? If you want, I don't know. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, uh, I can give you the long version or the short version, you know, depends how much time we got. Hey, we got, we got plenty of time. We got plenty of time, man. All right. Well, I'll give you a little bit of the longer version. But anyways, so, uh, you know, Peter Baird as well, of yep. course, you know. I fought him in cage science and I won that broke my hand, you know, uh, after the fight, obviously, or during the fight, whatever you want to call it, broke my hand during the fight and I was out for a little bit. So I ended up buying a motorcycle, a crazy thousand CC motorcycle, <laughs> you know, that was my downtime, you know, to, uh, cause I was away from MMA, you know, got my adrenaline out. And then, you know, um, as my hand started to heal up the, um, uh, the the, the the fight we're talking about yeah, the, the the three fights in one night uh premier fc lightweight championship was there you know it was coming out and i was like damn that looks awesome you know <laughs> and i was like man my hand you know i can't do it you know because i was still healing up and you know recovery started to just boom boom you know speed up i'm like wow i'm starting to punch you know i'm like maybe i should do it you know i'm like i don't know i don't know and you know my manager my boy ash at the time he was my manager um close friend of mine was like you know what man you gotta do this 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 is you written all over it lightweight championship come on springfield massachusetts 
And I'm like, I don't know, man, my hand and this and that. I didn't train fully for it. I, I don't know if I'm ready. He's like, listen, you got to do this. And last minute, I was the last person on the list to go in the eight-man tournament. And, you know, I was last man to go in, and I ended up, you know, winning it. Um, but, you know, I did the first fight with the one guy, beat him. And then the second fight, I fought the guy that I'm supposed to fight next week. And um, it's a crazy story because, you know, we had the fight and uh, at the, I knew I was winning the fight. There was 10 seconds left and I'm on top of him, ground and pounding him, you know, didn't really care. I was like, yeah, I'm going to hit you. And he goes for my leg. Cause I didn't really like care. You know, I was like 10 <laughs> seconds left. It's a one round fight. Let me just hit this guy. Yeah. He goes for my leg and um, he goes for the, uh, I think it was a knee bar. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. The bell rings. And he, he cranks on it. And I'm like, oh my God, what the, what the heck? You know what I mean? And I got pissed off and, you know, I, I, I cooled down and I was like, hey, whatever, it's, it's whatever, you know. But it actually hindered me because I was warming up for the next fight, the last fight of the night for the championship. And I couldn't even sprint, you know. I'm like, oh my God, you know. And meanwhile, he's in the back room with his gloves on ready for my spot to take, to take over my spot. You know what I mean? Cause he's like thinking, Oh, Ali's, Ali's going to forfeit this. He's going to say I'm out, but I didn't, you know, I went in there and, uh, you know, the, the guy that I fought, the uh, French guy, um, forgot his name. I'm horrible with names. The guy beat, beat for the championship. His coach was talking mad crap in the back room. And, you know, first thing I did when I got out there was like, rushed the, the the fighter to his corner like just backed him up uh -huh. held him onto the fence started talking shit to his coach that's the first <laughs> thing i did you know what i mean uh I, I, you know i don't want to yeah. drag this out but basically you know i win the championship and i'm like okay this is awesome so you know i had a hurt leg and I got some good money. So I was like, you know what? Let me get some laser eye surgery. <laughs> Cause you know, I was sick of wearing contacts and fighting and they always fall out and you got to worry about it. So I got the laser eye surgery, but that took me away from MMA. So I was like, you know what? Wrestling season is right there. So I went back into college, went back to wrestling to my roots and, um, wrestled the whole season. Um, you know, because I couldn't fight. I couldn't, I couldn't get hit because, you know, I got the laser eye surgery and, um, it, it, it was, it's a crazy story. I, I could go on and on, you know, and I'm just going to cut to the chase, but basically, you know, I, um, I got the laser eye surgery and then I did the wrestling and then like almost the end of the season of wrestling, I get the call for, um, PFL, you know what I mean? And, uh, that's something I really, really wanted. And I, I, uh, I got it. And, uh, I was still in the wrestling season. So I was training for wrestling tra and yeah. training for MMA at the same time. And long story short, you know, it was just freaking hectic. I win that break my jaw in that fight. And then I healed up and here I am now. Hearing you talk about getting the laser eye surgery and you're, you're talking about how you were wearing contacts. Do you like, do you feel like you just see things clearer now than you did when you had contacts? Um, I would say it, it's, it's, it's about the same. Okay. It's about the same. Yeah. You know, I see you got glasses, so maybe you're I, I've, 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 I've had glasses all my life. Like literally since yeah, I was probably yeah. like third grade, like I've thought yeah, about yeah. getting laser surgery and yeah, you know, yeah. it's all, you know, it's obviously there's a price point to it, but, uh, oh, course, but, yeah. but then like, you know, I've heard of States that have said like, you can't fight with contact lenses. There is, I've always, um, I've always been told you're not allowed to, but then in the back room, they're like, sure. And, you know, um, 
every time I fought with them, most of the time they would fall out anyways. And <laughs> one of my, uh, my first title fight, um, for premiere, it literally fell out in like the third round or maybe second round. And I'm in the corner in the next round. I'm like trying to get the contacts in literally. And the, the commission's like, what is he doing? What is he doing? You know, I'm like, it's just my contacts. They're like, okay, okay. They didn't really care, but I got it in. And I'm, you know, I didn't even listen to any of the coaches instructions. I'm just trying to get that contact in. You know what I mean? So it really, it really was a bother bothering thing, you know, during the fights and like, you know, every fight they always fall out and then it's like weird and you know i mean i can still see but it was just you know it was annoying so i had to get that done but it's it's crazy getting it done it was such a long recovery you know they told me like three months but during the wrestling season i got poked in the eye during a match and uh it messed me up like it was one of the worst pains ever and um even during my pfl fight i got hit in the same eye and it just i think that's what ended up breaking my jaw because i got hit and i couldn't see the punch coming because i closed my eye who knows but that's that's what i'm going with you know what i mean i think that's what happened you know you you know how it's a fight you know there's so much going on you know you can't pinpoint exact stuff like that (laughs) i i was going through your instagram and i found this uh this caption you had on photo and this was, it was 19 weeks ago. This I was going back a little bit on your Instagram, yeah. you know, trying yeah, try to yeah. get a little, little bit, know you. And you said your caption was at this level, sacrifices must be made in order to succeed. And I've, I've had fighters talk about the sacrifices you make are, the social life, you know, of, you know, maybe, maybe you want to go out with your, your friends or girlfriend or wife on a Friday night, Saturday night, but you know, Hey man, I'm, I'm in the middle of camp and, and I got to be grinding away. I got to be getting two sessions in a day. You know, I'm, I'm maybe trying to get that, that jujitsu roll in on, on a Friday night. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. We, we can see you, you understand where this is going. Like yeah. as you think about the sacrifices you've made to get to this point, what is the biggest sacrifice you think you've made? <sighs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to call it sacrifice because this is what I, I chose to do. You know what I mean? So there is sacrifices of course, but you know, like what you're talking about, like, you know, going out and stuff and I get that, you know, and I'm a young guy that wants to have fun, of course, you know what I mean? But I put myself uh, in the position that I am in now because of what I seen the career path that I took, you know? So this to me is like a career, but you know, you know, there is a lot of sacrifices, you know, your, your time is the biggest thing, you know what I mean? And, and it's like, I'm in there, you know, grinding, grinding, grinding. I didn't even sleep last night. <laughs> I didn't even sleep last night. I went to work, came directly in here, you know what I mean? To this library to get this interview, you know? And it's like, if you're, if you have a goal, you know, you should be willing to do whatever it takes to get it done. You know what I mean? And there, I can't really honestly pinpoint, um, an exact thing, but I'll tell you like in the past, like I've had to work 70 hours a week to make this work. You know what I mean? And I, I, uh, I used to do polyphasic sleep where I'd only sleep like three hours a day. And, uh, my coach at the time now, he, he was back then, he wasn't my coach, but he was waking me up for my naps and it was a crazy time, you know, um, never really documented it, but I mean, like, it's just, there's so many things I could say, you know, um, it's just certain things that just come and go, you know, I forget things, you know what I mean? It's like, like I said, I had an interview yesterday and uh, I didn't even mention some of the things and maybe I could mention them today, you know, but yes, it's the sport or any goal you have, you're going to have to sacrifice period. You know, you know, talking about your, your training team based on your Instagram, it looks like, are you a little bit of the jokester in the room? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, 
I like to focus. I know some of my videos, like, you know, I, I look stupid, but um, like literally right after that, I was just like, Hey, let's focus. Let's, I'm sorry. Uh -huh. but, like fuck all that. You know what I mean? But um, it's good to have fun. You know what I mean? It's good to get some excitement. And, um, but most of the time I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty focused. You know, it's like, if you see me like at work and the gym in MMA, I'm freaking focused. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm there to kill, get it done. But then, soon as like Friday night hits and it's just whole different animal. You know what I mean? I mean, I stay away from all the drinking and all that stuff, but I don't need any of that to have fun. I could just be myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, being the captain of your team there, uh, who, who is that guy that, you know, today in sparring, like, you're like, man, I got the best of him yesterday. He's coming at me hard tonight. That that I, that's an easy one. That's definitely Sage Philippe. I don't know if you know of him, but um, upcoming pro fighter. You, you're saying like, who's my like best uh, like working? Yeah, there, yeah like essentially like you know like they're that training partner that you know like you hear fighters tell us all the time like they'll say there's just that that one two three four guys in the room that, like they just know how to poke the right buttons to get the best oh, out yeah. of you. Yeah, 100%. You know, we got guys like that. And the thing is about our team is um, we also, we're like affiliated with two other teams. Like we have a boxing gym right upstairs and uh, Springfield Smith Society with the grappling is also affiliated with us. So it's like when I go to the boxing, I'm working with professional boxers. I'm getting my ass kicked. Yeah. When I go to the submission place, I'm working with black belts, brown belts, purple belts. So I'm getting my ass kicked. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm, I'm constantly getting pressured. You know what I mean? Um, and MMA, when we do MMA, it's kind of more like a workout. Um, and it's, it's awesome. I, I actually the one who makes the workouts and I, I'm going to tell you, I haven't gone to any, any MMA gym that has these workouts. I think they're pretty unique, <laughs> um, different kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But I'm always getting pushed. Um, no matter what, you know what I mean? And we even got, now we even got these heart rate. This is the cool thing. I'm glad, glad you brought that up. we got these heart rate monitors now. So it's like, we even have the trainees who might be doing better than the fighters. You know what I mean? Like in terms of like the heart rate, they're working harder. So it's like, you can have someone who's just a trainee where, yeah, I could kick his ass, but he's actually working harder than me. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, you know what I mean? So it's like a cool vibe where it's like, even though he's not like on my level, he's still like competitive with me. You know what I mean? So that's a cool aspect we have going on there. You mentioned you know? about you, you create the workouts for your team. It, it, was there an influence on you to kind of get your mind in, in developing these techniques? Um, what do you mean by influence? You know, like, like say maybe it was a coach, you know, back, you know, early on in your wrestling days uh, of way that they, they put practice together. To, the, was there someone that had that influence that gets your, like yeah. your coaching mindset of like, okay, these are the type of drills we need to be doing as a team to get better. Definitely. Definitely. Um, it goes back to when I was in, you know, college, um, Springfield technical community college. And I was with the wrestling team and we were doing stuff where it was just like, like we would be like doing like 30% and you're working your moves, like your specific moves that you feel comfortable with. You know what I mean? Like there's times where you got to work the hard moves that you don't know, but there's also times that you have to drill the ones that you think you're going to use in a fight or whatever, whatever. And what I would do is use that concept a little bit and mix it in with like, you know, live goes and stuff. And then making it an MMA drill where it's like, you're working, your striking, you're working, your wrestling and you're working your submissions all in one drill. And, um, I felt like that's something unique that we do, you know what I mean? And, uh, 
I love just evolving and making new ones and looking at YouTube videos, looking at um, even the ultimate fighter, anywhere I can yeah. get inspiration. I'll take it. I'll write it down. You know, I have my notes and I'll write it down and keep going up, making do things. And, you know, it's fun. It's fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> Is there a coach in MMA that you would just love to sit down with and pick their brain and, <laughs> and you know, kind of have that mindset of, of what bringing some of the things they do into your own gym? I mean, honestly, I, I couldn't tell you, I mean, Khabib would come to mind. Like yeah. I'd love him to coach me, you know, and be like, Hey, this is how you do this. I'm sure he could give me a million pointers, you know, but, um, someone like that, you know, would be pretty cool. Um, but nobody really on the top of my mind. Cause you know, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause like, you know, like I said, I make the workouts, but we have coaches there that kind of like run it. So I really, I really like to just focus on being a fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, um, going into the gym and, and, and getting it done. You know what I mean? Like, um, of course I love making the workouts. I love evolving, but it's like at the end of the day, I'm a fighter, you know, and I got to get the workout and train hard. You know what I mean? So that's what it's about. You know, do you remember when you fell in love with the fight game? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, actually, uh, I had a fight, a street fight okay. with this kid. Um, at the, it's called the biggie, uh, big exposition in our area. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a big fair thing. Yeah. And, um, I had a fight with this kid that stole from my house, you know, uh, allegedly I later on, I found out it was his friend or whatever. doesn't matter. Uh-huh. I had a fight with him and it was just a, the biggest high I've ever had. And I was like, dude, I gotta do this more often. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think at the time I probably had a little bit of like fights in my basement or something or played around with it. I don't remember, but I just remember that feeling of just being so like, holy crap, like this feels good, you know? And then I just wanted more of that after that, you know? And we mentioned about, this is now round two against Sam here. Do you take, Mm -hmm. is, is there things you've taken away from that first fight that have been a big focus in terms of the preparations for this? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to fight him different than I fought him the first time. But taking into consideration what happens, you know, it's going to be a different fight, you know, but, um, you know, like I said, I think it, I, w- I wasn't my full 100% self because it was only, it was three fights in one night yeah. and it was only one round. So I couldn't really be myself hundred percent. So I think this fighter, this cover, this time you see me around, it's going to be a whole different fight. Um, and yeah, I have some, some tools I'm going to throw at him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I was re- sure. I was reading the recap uh, of the first fight, and, and the recap yeah. essentially leads out of you know you really you were implementing your wrestling, and it kind of made it, yeah. it it made me. And obviously, you've got the wrestling background. It makes me kind of think of like, do you see an advantage of this fight? Of okay, he knows I can wrestle, and that yeah. almost like it becomes like it's this advantage of it can open up my strikes because he's so much thinking about it. he knows I can take him down. Right, right, right. Honestly, I know I can take him down at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't, don't want to be cocky, but, you know, I've, I've done it before. I can do it again. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's it's, it's one of those things where it's just it's there. You know what I mean? Um, most of my, my opponents I've been able to take down. Um, so, yeah, it's always there, you know? Is it, sure. is it one of those things of like when you go back and you just watch your own fights and, you, you know, you're doing that self-evaluation, are you almost of looking at of, 
man, I could have faked it and got this way, or I could have faked it. And man, that left hook would just been sitting there. I mean, is that one of those mindsets for you of, of just evolving as a fire that, that you look at? I, I don't like to nitpick it too much, honestly. Uh Um, and I see where you're coming from and I would agree with that, but for me, I don't really like to watch my own fights. I, I was, uh, yeah, I don't really like to watch them, but I, I do watch them sometimes, time to time. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure, there's times where I'm like, oh, I should have done that. And But most of the time, you know, I think it's like, I don't know, I just go in there with a set game plan and I try to get it done, you know what I mean? And I, I of course, I do think in that mindset, you know what I mean? So let's say me and you were sitting down. We're going back to November 10th, 2018. Premier FC 27, your pro debut against Jason Ryan. What do you think your mindset, what watching it back now to where you like where your mindset is in 2022 as opposed to 2018? Like, would you, would you cringe a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. You could say cringe because my, my performance was, I didn't like it, but yes, you know, I'm a completely different fighter, you know, not just physically it's right here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's different, you know? And, uh, back then, uh, you know, I, I don't think I had the confidence. Um, you know, it's like weird, you know, like I did all the stuff in the gym. Like I know I'm a beast in the gym. It's like, sometimes you just don't get it in the ring. It just doesn't come out. And in that fight, my, my debut obviously won the fight, but uh, you know, I watched the tape and I'm like, man, that's, that's not me. You know what I mean? It just takes a level of confidence. It takes a level of fully understanding what you're capable of or believing what you're capable of and just doing it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that, that, that was a, it's a completely different fighter. You know, I'm a completely different fighter now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, sure. I feel like for the most part, I think that's the thing that fans sometimes maybe don't completely grasp of. Obviously there's, there's a physical component to all this. I mean, you got to have power and, and everything, yeah. but how much of this game is, is mental? Yeah, it's, it's a lot. I mean, as I progress as a pro and as a fighter, you know, you get more comfortable going to the cage and just being yourself. You know what I mean? Because in the gym, you're comfortable, right? Yeah. You're just there. It's, it's, it's your place. You always go there, blah, 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 you know? So when you go in the cage, now you have all these eyes on you, you know, which I really don't really pay attention to, but it's a factor. You know what I mean? And the more often you go in there and go in there, you're yourself. You know what I mean? The guy who's like a beast in the gym or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, it just takes a level of, uh, comfortability and uh, obviously confidence, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. So <laughs> I what's, forgot what your full question was. It's, yeah. it's all good. What's the family think of you being a fighter? They've gotten used to it now. I mean, at first it was kind of like, are you crazy? You know, <laughs> what are you doing? You're wasting your time. Um, go back to college, you know, all that stuff, you know, but they're supportive as well. You know what I mean? They're going to be, how a family is yeah, going to yeah. act, you know what I mean? Um, but they're supportive as well. It's really cool. Um, you know, I, I appreciate them like, you know, just letting me be me, you know what I mean? Especially coming up, I was a 16 year old, you know, in my basement throwing down with some kids, you know what I mean? And they, they didn't like, you know, stop us, you know what I mean? And, uh, so it was just one of those things where like, I just was just made into this, you know what I mean? It just happened, you know, like, I was, I was beating everybody's ass <laughs> back then. You know what I mean? So it was just like, man, I, I like this, you know, how much of the family comes on fight night? Um, you know, my family comes, my parents come, um, 
siblings, not so much, uh, cousins and relatives, not really, honestly, but you know, we'll talk about it here and there. It's not something like it's, it's not really like a big thing. You know what I mean? Uh, in my family, but, um, of course they support me. You know what I mean? They're going to, you know what I mean? But it's cool. It's cool. And of course, uh, you got this fight coming up here on September the 9th, CES MMA 70, of course, live on USC Fight Pass. I appreciate you coming on the show. Of course, uh, let me know they can find you on social media. And of course, those sponsors and anybody else that are helping you out, man. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely want to give some shout outs because, like I said, I had an interview yesterday and I was like, man, I should have shouted out this guy, this guy. First off, I just want to shout out um, the teammates of mine at Underground MMA for coming through, which are like our off season thing right now. So I really appreciate them coming in. We all pushed real hard for this. Um, they pushed real hard. So got to appreciate them. Also, I went to Ascension Athletics. It's another gym nearby. So I want to thank Jeff and Dad for allowing me to come in and work with his awesome guys over there. Didn't get to shout him out yesterday, but um, they have a great crew over there. So really, uh, so I think some of them are fighting on CES as well. So that would be cool. Um, and then, um, yeah, my sponsors, you know, always been supporting me. Shortstop Bar and Grill in Westfield, uh, Ted's Creative Jewelry um, in Southampton, Massachusetts. And, um, my father now with his company, Advanced Painting and Remodeling is now sponsoring me. So that's pretty cool. Uh, something new, something different. Um, but yeah, you know, everybody's been great, uh, working with me and my coaches, of course, I got to thank them biggest and, um, just ready to put it out next, uh, next Friday. And there you have my conversations with John Dotson, Georgie Karahanyan, Mitch Raposo, and Ali Zabian. Appreciate all those fighters uh, speaking to me on Friday about their upcoming matchups or, in John Dotson's case, his victory there at BKFC. Great conversation I had there uh, with John Dotson. And, you know, I mean, I think probably the biggest takeaway from that has got to be the fact that the door to MMA is not closed for John Dotson, that uh, his uh, contract with BKFC does allow him to step back inside the MMA cage so we'll see whether or not that does happen with him and uh you know interesting you know you know bringing up that quote that he had to MMA fighting where the quote was quote they keep telling me you're washed up going into all these other organizations they keep on calling me a journeyman and I take that such disrespect I'm not a journeyman I'm still one of the top guys that could ever fight for me that's a sign of disrespect with the UFC just letting me go. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's, you know, John Dotson still is showing that he, he is still great at what he does, man. And those hands uh, you saw there in BKFC. And yeah, he is one of those guys that you do wonder, could we potentially see him back in, inside the UFC there at some point. Uh, and then the conversation with Georgia Carhyan, you know, starting off talking about, you know, the benefits of the carnivore diet, which he has been on for some time. Also, you know, I think, you know, probably my biggest takeaway from that conversation was the fact of him talking about that this is going to be the first time that his kids come to his fight. I thought that was pretty interesting, uh, him talking about that. Also, uh, you know, the conversation about Usman Nurmagomedov getting a title shot without having a top 10 win there in the in the Bellator lightweight division. But like he said, you know, not really a shocker that he got it, but it's just kind of crazy. When we talk about, you know, uh, the sporting side of this, you would think that you at least get one top 10 win before uh, getting the title matchup there. And also, uh, you know, I think the other part, you know, big takeaway from that conversation is him just sitting here saying is, you know, hey, I, I just feel like these guys at 155 just don't want to stand with me. Uh, then the conversation with Mitch Raposo, I mean, obviously uh, the, the trash talk that is being sent to him for what his opponent is saying there. And I mean, look, if Mitch 
Mitch can go out there and get the win. I don't know if this win will ultimately get him into the UFC. I think it's probably going to take two, maybe three wins to potentially get in there. But, you know, with with the UFC doing as many events as they are doing and, you know, fighters falling out, he could be a guy if he gets a win here uh, later on this week that maybe he does ultimately find himself there in a short notice matchup. And then uh, the final conversation that you heard there was with Ali Zabian. First time I've had a chance to uh, talk to Ali. Great conversation there. Talking to uh, him just kind of about everything uh, in terms of, of his fighting career. And uh, round two is, uh, I guess, uh, the best way to talk about his matchup come here at CES MMA 70. Of course, uh, that'll be on Friday night. Of course, you can watch that event on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, CES always puts on great fight cards, so you got to check out that. They got two title fights that are uh, part of that fight card. The featherweight title is going to headline that event uh, as well, along with the flyweight title. Also, uh, they also are, along with the MMA matchups, they're also doing a grappling matchup between John Howard and Jay-Z Cavalcante. So uh, you got to check out that, uh, what's going on there with that, the grappling matchup there at CES. Of course, I want to say, I want to say on UFC Fight Pass on Friday, I want to say they've got four uh, fight cards on Friday on on, um, on Fight Pass, one of them being Jorge Masvidal's show. So uh, I am a Fight Pass subscriber, so uh, I will be uh, I'll be uh, I'm doing a, a family get together on Friday because uh, this time of the year is a uh, is uh, a bunch of birthdays in my family. So my brother and my mom were just a couple weeks ago. And we were all out of town. Then my birthday is coming up here uh, on the 18th. I'll be out of town for my birthday. So uh, we're all going to get together next Friday or this Friday, I should say, and uh, have a little family dinner. So I'm sure once I get home, I'll probably uh, sit there, you know, pop open a, a Stella. Like I literally have a Stella sitting right in front of me, uh, you know, enjoying, uh, you know, doing the show. And then, of course, uh, watching the rest of, of tonight's uh, college football. So uh, be sure to, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll check. I always like to check out those regional MMA shows. I mean, I think if you've been listening to, uh, me for some time, you, you know that uh, I do follow the the regional side of this sport. As uh, you know, I think I probably probably do more regional interviews and probably a majority of uh of the mixed martial arts community. But as I mentioned earlier on the show, myself and Daniel will have a an episode later on this week. You know, typically we like to get those uh the midweek edition of the podcast out on Wednesday. However, uh Daniel's on vacation next couple days. He's actually uh vacationing there uh over in Orlando. So uh he is getting back home on Thursday. So we're gonna do a show on Thursday night, which uh, I would imagine that show will primarily be a preview of UFC two seventy nine. Of course uh Hamza Shmaev, Nate Diaz Headline that fight card. Uh, Lee Jia Ling and Tony Ferguson. That should absolutely be a fun fight there as Tony Ferguson moves up to the welterweight division. I do love this Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez matchup. It's actually uh, was revealed. I didn't realize this before seeing this on the broadcast today. And that, matchup, that matchup is actually going to be at 180 pounds. You got Irene Aldana and Macy Chase on. Big matchup there for Irene Aldana there at 135 pounds. And the opening match of the pay-per-view, Johnny Walker and Ian Kutalaba. That should be a fun fight uh, between those two guys. That's a fight that you look at and you got to say it's probably put together because the UFC probably believes uh, that uh, someone is going to get knocked out on that fight card. But uh, also, you know, looking at the prelims uh, in terms of, and obviously we'll get more into this later on this week. I think the, the fight on the prelims, 
that I would say uh, sticks out to me the most personally uh, would be that feature prelim, uh, which is Hakeem Dawadu and Julian Arosa. Julian Arosa, of course, you, you know the fighting style that he brings. He's a guy that you, you know is always going to bring the fight, and, and he's going to make it a fun and exciting fight. So uh, be sure to uh, – that's definitely going to be one that I'll check out. I'll, I'll be in Dallas on Saturday night, so definitely uh, going to be checking out uh, that one over there. Uh, also um, – you know, of course, I put all my fighter interviews up on YouTube, and uh, my interview with Raul Rojas Jr. Uh, is definitely getting some traction over there. Of course, uh, the 17-year-old fighter who's going to be a part of Daniel West Contender Series here coming up in a couple weeks. So uh, yeah, if you haven't checked out that interview, be sure to uh, check that interview. Maybe That might be an interview that we uh, throw on the podcast here uh, maybe the week before his fight card. If you, if you haven't had a chance to uh, catch out that interview, maybe you only listen to the audio portion of the podcast of course i, I appreciate whether you, you check out the audio audio only if you check out the video uh, i really do appreciate that as well appreciate uh, everyone who checks me out on, on social media as well but uh hopefully everyone has a great and safe labor day weekend as uh, i'm going to be uh, taking essentially about the next two days off after this and just uh relaxing with with the wife and the nieces and nephews uh always uh, always love uh, giving those those kids those experiences and uh, it's always a, a fun time with them so uh of course i uh, get be sure to get if you're not following me on social media at jason underscore floyd that is my handle on uh, Instagram, Facebook. I think that's my handle on TikTok as well. I was like recently signed up for TikTok. So putting some videos up there on TikTok as well. Not doing any TikTok dances, just uh, putting some clips of uh, some of the covers that I do. And of course, uh, if you, you want to friend request me on Facebook, just search Jason Floyd. You'll see my profile pictures of me in front of a microphone. So kind of obvious that that's who I am. So I appreciate everyone tuning in for this episode of the podcast. And next episode, next episode will drop on Thursday when myself and Daniel Galvan will preview UFC 279.